Hey, buddy, do you want to say a few words about this show before uh, people give it a listen? Yeah, I want to encourage everybody, if they want to uh, to learn more about the uh, Albums Are Dead podcast, to go to albumsaredead.com or visit us on twitter.com slash albumsaredead, on Facebook, again, slash albumsaredead, and uh, where else? We're on Instagram, uh, and if you look for Albums Are Dead on Instagram, how about that? We'll also be there. We're also on iTunes, and... Uh, I think right now that's the only place we are. We're going to try to eventually get to like Google Play, Spotify, all that. But on most podcatchers, if you type in Albums Are Dead, uh, you're going to find us. Tell me, uh, do we make money doing this show? We do not make any money doing this show. And uh, all the songs that we play on the show are for preview purposes only. So make sure to go and support the artists. Even if they don't need support, it's still the right thing to do. Go uh, stream their music legally or buy the tracks because uh, we want to keep above board, folks. All right, folks, uh, with all that being said, I think we should get to our episode. What do you think? Let's do it. Man, this is a pretty sweet gig. Like being a member of Daft Punk. Look at this old Casio keyboard from the 1980s that I have found. Watch what happens when I push this demo button. Hello, Daft Punk. Great song. Here's a Grammy. Oh, ho! you know, it's funny. Until you spoke, I did not know we were French. Love that bass. That's so good. Little, little Family Guy reference there. The first time I think in the history of any of our podcasts. Oh, I know. And I I'm, I was kind of like, oh, God, do I? But uh, it was I, funny, though. You yeah. Know what? I, I, it was legitimately LOL, that one. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a tough one, right? Yeah, because you have to still put that on. Anyways, uh, it's Albums Are Dead, uh, episode 20. Uh, we talk about a different album every week, and this week... As you heard in the intro and saw in the title of this podcast and in the artwork, we are doing Daft Punk's yes. Discovery, and I yes. am going to take the lead. My name is Slip. <laughs> when I was born, that's what my parents yes. called me uh, because because <laughs> I slipped out. Uh, there you go. And that's like uh, the opposite of what the name actually is. Yeah, <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> uh, who who are you, my friend? Uh, I, I am at megamix.com on Twitter. That's my name. Uh, because megamix. you make com. It's it's what a coincidence because you like to make mega mixes. I did, and you know my parents saw um, into the future that dot com would be a uh, a uh, a hot property. So, you know, I secured it actually, and uh, unfortunately, I ca- I cannot register the uh, domain name megamix.com. It's taken. Oh, so. worst. Uh, it's but, terrible. But what is not taken is albumsaredead.com. So go to that and check well, it out. Well, it is taken by us. Yes. We, We've taken it. We put down the bucks. We put down the yes. bucks of our of our own freaking money. So Yeah, that that I you know what? Like that $32 over three years Oof. or two years is uh that's our hard-earned quiche. And so we do it for the listeners. Uh should we get right into this one? Some Daft Punk. Yeah, I think so. Uh, just before we do, I do have to say, uh, as usual, over at Albums Are Dead on Twitter, just our DMs blow up 
we had been yeah. gone for a few weeks. We came back last week. Uh, Beastie Boys, check your head. Go check that one out. Mega Mix took care of business last week. And just, I, I mean, the feedback. I, it's it's almost embarrassing how good it is. Like, it just, uh, you know, I, I mean, well, we appreciate it, but wow. I had one person uh, uh, message me. They had listened to the Rumors podcast 42 times because they just needed their fix. Oh, because they, they were just like, we miss you so much. And and then you were like, you know, we have other episodes besides Rumors. And they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. But Well, then I told them, I said, you know, we have another podcast. And it's called Mezzanine Sleepover. And it has upwards of 140 episodes. You can go listen to that. And I believe their brain exploded. Ah, so. So there Mezzanine you go. Sleepover.com, folks, uh, <laughs> our sister show. Um, yes, this week you're talking Daft Punk. You're going to lead the way. Um, you chose it. Um, I have a couple questions. Oh, do you? Yeah, and I, you know, we've never really asked this on the show, but have you have you seen Daft Punk before? I have Live? not. I have not seen them. Neither have I. Uh, uh, as, and as we will get into uh, on this yes. one, uh, there really aren't that many opportunities. There haven't been historically to see them live. Oh, no. I thought, though, if there was anybody who could secure an opportunity, it'd be you. But, uh, again, one of one of your, uh, I, I guess, would this be one of your concert wish lists? Oh, absolutely. Uh, if there's a chance, it'll happen. See them up on the riser there, pumping the fists? Of course. Well, 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 waiting for the, letting the bass drop. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Mexico City, I, one of the reasons yeah, why we took right. a few weeks off. And uh, I went to a music festival there, and one of the big acts was Chemical Brothers. Nice. And, like, it was super rad to see them. Uh, they had, you know, the big stage, and the basically the entire background of the stage was were, like, music video accompany, accompaniment to their music. Uh, nice. Mostly, like, computer-generated stuff, but it was really, really good stuff. Music videos, you say? Yes, I know, right? But at the same oh, time, as rad it was to see them and to kind of be with, you know, so many people watching, it was like, uh-huh. you're really just watching a couple of guys like DJ really well and yeah. and and watch music videos, which you could watch at home. So, I mean, I do want to yeah. see Daft Punk. It would be fun. But yes. I don't really know how much you'll see. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But anyway. Agreed. Like, and the variations on the sound probably not there i guess i guess these these groups though do mix things up a little bit yeah so you might get some different variations on songs so i anyways i have not seen them live okay so here's my my second question is uh what made you choose daft punk's discovery as as your album for this week uh a good question i was not prepared for you to ask it so uh <laughs> i will improvise with an answer Excellent. uh Excellent. so i was uh i wouldn't call myself a daft punk like big fan before this album came out, I was though obviously very familiar with a couple of tracks uh, off of their debut album Homework. Yes, uh, the the two big ones, obviously, Around the World and Defunk. Yes, just you know, classic, amazing tracks. I'll talk briefly about them uh, later on, but uh, do not have clips. Go and listen to them. If you don't know what they are, you don't know anything about music. Uh, Ooh, wow, that's a that's strong word. I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, you should know those songs. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and uh, so when this album came out in 2001, uh, I was mm. living in Edmonton. It was during my phase where I would eagerly anticipate music on Tuesdays and would nice. gobble up anything that I could get my dirty mitts on. Oh, uh, my God. So grab myself a copy of Discovery. 
and uh, and loved it. Loved this album so much. It actually came out very, very like right after I moved there. So uh, yeah. I, I picked it up and gobbled it up and basically cover to cover uh, enjoyed it. And it is one of my favorite albums. And uh, you know, I, I I have a share, I can my own little share of uh, like electronic EDM as we call it today, I believe. Yes. Uh, and uh, this would be, if I was to say, if yeah, if I was to say like electronic albums, this would be in my top five, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Uh, what about you? Absolutely. Um, Daft Punk. I'm kind of the same as you. I mean, I had homework when it came out uh, on the strength of Daft Punk, and uh, you know, I listened to the to the to the hits. You know, I uh, didn't totally get into Daft Punk as much as you know, because I th- I think that album is fine. And, you know, you listen to, to Homework now, and it's it's a solid album. But back, uh, you know, in 1997, I, you know, I wasn't uh, super into it. Um, and then this one, and then uh, Discovery comes out in 2001. And it's like, it's like a, a bolt of lightning from the heavens. Yes. And it's just like, it almost to me, and I'll, you know, I mean, electronic music uh, had been around for quite a long time. Had it? Uh, and, and, you know... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So it's not like this was new, but this was kind of like a new take a little bit on, on uh, you know, uh, I feel personally, kind of the melding of the disco and the house uh-huh. was uh, very, very well done. And uh, this really kind of uh, mainstreamed it all a little bit for me. So uh, definitely one of my favorite albums of that year. I would definitely put that if I was like, what are the best uh, electronic albums that I've ever heard. This would definitely be in those in that top one or two. So um, I'm with you on that one. I'm sure that there are some ravers out there that are like, "Oh, there was plenty of French house before this." God, guys, you're so late to the dance. Well, and you know, if you're a happy hardcore, you're not gonna you're not gonna be digging this as much as we did. Yeah, but uh, this was again one you're of making the first mix, uh, mix CDs with tablets of e on the cover yeah exactly you're, you're looking for a different sound <laughs> uh so uh, i guess i should talk about it shouldn't i <laughs> dee, 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 dee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it's time let's do it all right so uh yeah uh to be honest well i mean i've got quite a bit to, to read through uh there's a lot of articles uh so i've picked a couple of them uh there's a ton of reviews which we will get to later lots of reviews that's what's uh, nice about the time period. This is our um, most recent album that we have uh, ever reviewed on Albums Are Dead. Crazy. We, were, we, we brought ourselves into the early 2000s, so modernization. 17 years ago, this is our newest album that we are reviewing to this point. 20 episodes in. Uh, so uh, quick, a quick little uh, bit of info on the group Daft Punk, a yes. French electronic music duo formed in Paris in 1993 by Guy Manuel the Homan Cristo and yes. Thomas Bangarter. Uh, they yes. achieved popularity in the late 1990s as part of the French house movement and had success in the years following, combining elements of house music with funk, techno, disco rock, and synth pop. Uh, they have worn ornate helmets and gloves to assume robot personas in most public appearances yes. since 2001. I'll get to that in a moment as well. Uh, yeah. They rarely grant interviews on television, which is why I don't have many clips. Uh, they, uh, so these guys actually, uh, did not, uh, start as a house band. Mm. Uh, they started as a rock band 
the oh, name really? of their the name of their band was called Darlin. Uh, they oh, only they, they only released a terrible a, name. They only released a few tracks, uh, but you can find them on YouTube. And uh, this is a track called Cindy So Loud. And I'm going to preface my playing of this by saying this is the best thing that I found by them. Oh my god! <laughs> It'll just take Here. a moment. Here we go. Come on. So we're going to say plenty of nice things about these guys uh, throughout the episode. That's it's fucking terrible. <laughs> like, oh, that's worse than than things that I played in high school bands. Like when I saw this, like when I was like, oh, they had a band. I was like, God, could this be a hidden gem? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, they moved over to uh, to doing some uh, more house. Uh, music. Uh, as we mentioned, they released their debut album, Homework, on Virgin Records in 1997. And uh, the two singles, Around the World and Defunk, both blew up, um, particularly um, Around the World with uh, quite a um, memorable music video. Yes. Uh, I know. I, I, I can't That's believe right. I mentioned music them videos. on this show. Uh, basically, if you haven't seen the video, it is a uh, bunch of groups of characters on a platform representing a vinyl yep. record. So there are robots, uh, athletes wearing tracksuits and small prosthetic heads walking up and down stairs. Four women. And it's dressed 1997, like... so the tracksuits a perfect fit. Uh huh. Uh, four women dressed like synchronized swimmers. Uh, four skeletons dancing and four mummies nice. dancing uh, as well. Uh, go check out that video because it's uh, pretty damn great. I also am partial to defunct video with the man in the dog mask and the boombox. That is yes. Um, also classic. That's a video directed by Spike Jones. Yes. Uh, so there you go. Uh, their second album, which we are going to talk about, Discovery, uh, had further success and was a kind of a change up on their sound, which I will talk about as well. Uh, now, in between, did they do? Did they have a live album in between? I they they put they did a live recording, but the live album did not get released until after Discovery. That's right, and there that was go. a live ninety seven. Live ninety seven. That's why I couldn't quite place it. So thank you uh, for they, clearing that up. They fooled yeah. you. On albums are dead. That's what we're here for to set you all straight with music, <laughs> unless unless we are wrong, which we could be. Yes, which happens a, a little bit. Um, as everybody knows, um, after Discovery, and we will get back to that in a moment, uh, they released a third album called Human After All. Uh, that was in 2005. They did release some live albums. They released a live 97. They released a live 2007. Uh, they also composed a score to the film Tron Legacy in 2010. And yes. then uh, if you did not know Daft Punk... Uh, you could not miss them in 2013 when they released Random oh Access God. Memories with the lead single uh, Get Lucky, which was their first number one uh, song. Yeah, indeed. That was the that was the uh, the year of Daft Punk for sure. Uh, so uh, that yes, that was definitely the year of Daft Punk. Uh, let's go back to Discovery. Yes. Uh, so the, as again, the second studio album, it was released on the 26th of February, 2001 by Virgin Records. Uh, 
so if their first album would be classified as Chicago House, uh, oh. this was more of a house style inspired by disco, post-disco, garage house, and R&B. Tons of sampling on this one, which we're going to talk about. And last week, not, not nearly as in-depth as the sampling that you talked about last week, but we are going to talk about uh, sampling. There's some quite, it's quite the samples in this. I mean, if I remember, I watched a video once of breaking down the samples of this, and you can probably find it on YouTube somewhere. It is extraordinary, some of the, some of the techniques that they used to pull uh, snippets of songs to make them into other things. Uh, you know what? And I wish I had looked. I wish I had watched it before this episode. So I apologize, everybody. Uh, I can't elaborate. The album was recorded at uh, Thomas Bengalter's uh, home in Paris. In uh, it was about three years that they recorded, ninety-eight to two thousand. Uh, again, tons of sampling in this one. Uh, they also uh, did play live instruments themselves, and they brought in numerous musicians, including uh, Romanthony. Todd Edwards and DJ Sneak, uh, so lots of collaboration as would be usual for Daft Punk and and kind of in the genre, yes. right? Um, yeah. They also, well, I'll talk about the uh, because there's there's an interesting music video story with this, but it's more of one music video. Uh, okay. Another thing that's interesting is that again in the lead up to Discovery's release, uh, they had done interviews wearing masks. Mm -hmm. uh, and would have photos of themselves digitally altered to hide their faces with masks. Uh, yes. But uh, when Discovery came out, they moved over to the robot suits, and I have a clip. Okay. The group's sophomore effort was 2001's Discovery. This record sound featured a more disco and synth-pop-infused style than their debut, and sampled songs from the 70s and 80s. The high-charting album also generated several successful singles, such as Face to Face, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, Faster, Stronger, and the cult hit One More Time. One more time. That same year, Daft Punk's first live album, Alive 1997, was released. Daft Punk's popularity rose throughout the Discovery years. It was also during this period that the band changed their look. At their shows and rare press appearances, they donned futuristic robot suits and even wore LED-enhanced helmets in advertising campaigns. So I love... Basically, I played a clip to tell you the same thing I just told you. They wore robot suits. No no reason well, why. Know, <laughs> it's the only content... This is the only kind of content you can get. Uh, so let me read uh, from an article posted on Medium.com. Uh, this was written by Gino... Uh, Sorkinelli, uh, this was published, uh, just over a year ago, September 11th, 2017. Never again, boss. Let's do it. Uh, there is no formula to our music. The making of Daft Punk's discovery. Uh, when the mysterious duo set out to create 2001's discovery, the stakes were high after the group made waves with their debut album four years prior, despite harsh reviews for a few fame from a few famed critics, 1997's homework had been a significant commercial and critical success at the time of its release. After homework caught fire with audiences all around the world, Daft Punk spent much of 1998 touring, while 99 and 2000 was split between solo side projects and group work. By the time they put the finishing touches on Discovery, they found they'd reached a new level of musical maturity. If homework was a manifesto for electronic music at the time and a rough and raw thing, uh, as they described in a 2001 interview with MTV, Discovery showcased greater diversity in texture, structure, and other sub uh, sub uh, sorry uh, subtleties without sounding overly polished and sterile. 
Along with a more advanced sound, many music critics were quick to point out similarities to music from the 70s and 80s. When asked about this, uh, they insisted that Discovery was more about capturing a time of innocence and wonder as a music fan than paying tribute to specific decades in music. It's about our personal relationship to that time, he said. Uh, This is uh, uh, Ben Galter. Uh, He said in a 2001 interview with Remix Magazine, it's less of a tribute to the music from 1975 to 1985 as an era and more about focusing on the time when we were 0 to uh, 10 years old. So there you go a little bit about uh, that piece. Uh, Also in this article, multiple debates have raged online about the number of actual samples used on Discovery but the group maintained in their Remix Magazine interview that only three samples were utilized. That is not true. According to Daft Punk, they often replayed and uh, interpolated samples, later sampling their own recreated music and further altering the sounds. I almost think it's like they took a sample, then they altered it, and then they're like, well, it's not a sample, it's us. I have no idea. (laughs) I, I really have no idea. Well, sometimes uh, they would, and, and again, like uh, like I said earlier, they would take a sample, and it would be the smallest slice, and then like reverse it or enhance it to the point where you couldn't even really tell it was a sample. Like you would expect on like a hip hop record where the sample is right up in your face, right? So kind of, uh, there's always those gray areas in the uh, sampling business. Uh, in 2001, on uh, MTV's website, an article was published, Daft Punk Embark on a Voyage of Discovery. Ooh. I know, right? Uh, so let's see here. What do we have? So uh, using the same equipment and technical processes in their Paris studio as they used on Homework, whose tracks were recorded between 93 and 96, the Paris strove to add a more emotional dimension to Discovery, which was produced over two years, beginning in spring of 1998. Although the new album certainly storms on songs such as High Life and One More Time, the lead single, it also turns reflective, even a bit schmaltzy, on something about us and digital love. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album's most intriguing tracks, accordingly, best embody Daft Punk's original goal of exploring a new musical landscape. One they claim is inspired by none other than Aphex Twin, specifically his undulating <laughs> 1999 single "Window Liquor," uh, which they oh, called yeah. neither a purely club track nor a very chilled out down tempo relaxation track. Um, and then again, uh, Ben Galter says for us, it's more of a personal process. We do it because we like to do it and because it brings a lot more of things on a personal level. Uh, we'll get older and we don't want to do the same thing as discovery or homework. We just move on and have different approaches and views that are always evolving. Basically, I get the impression with this album that they're like, we just want to kind of make something like lighter um, more yeah. reflective of when we were younger. It's almost like more innocent. I don't think they say that, but that's kind of the idea. It definitely has a lighter tone. It definitely has a more pop edge to it for sure. Uh, we want to sell more albums. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, now I'm going to get technical. And of course, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Of course you do. When I say this. Master right? of master of mixing and sampling yeah and i mean you're gonna know this too you ready i i mean you should react to these because you're gonna be impressed uh so for discovery the group used different samplers and synthesizers including an akai mpc an emu sp 1200 
twelve hundred. So I that's a that's like a couple of models up from the uh, one thousand. So that's impressive. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, an Oberheim DMX. Oh God, I have like three of those in my house. And a Lindrum. Ooh, I know, right? Yeah, all right. You know, I could hear that when I was listening. Uh, for vocoders, the group used a Roland SVC three fifty. Uh, yeah, the, okay. Yeah, the 750 is better, but I, I think that's a solid. Well, uh, this was back in 99, right? So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Digitech Vocalist, and for some reason they have this one. I don't know if this is a brand, but it's called Auto Tune. Oh! <laughs> so nice! Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming they, uh, that when they were putting this together, you pull out uh, Soundforge. Uh huh. And hammerhead drum machine. <laughs> I and hope what so. Was that, what was that? Uh, the, the the sonic fan? There was a, there was a sound forge, but then there was acid. Like a mixing program. Acid. acid. Yes. They used acid and as well. Built the tracks as such. I'm sure that's how you did it back in those days. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Uh, in terms of the uh, promotion, uh, the idea for the album's music videos formed during the early recording sessions. Uh, ultimately, uh, what happened was they released everything in this a movie, uh, right? In a movie. Yeah. Uh, the movie was called Interstellar 5555, the story of the secret star system and story, secret star and system. Uh, the asset, the start is replaced with the number five. I love it. Uh, this was released at Cannes in May of 2003, the 18th, and then worldwide 10 days later on the 28th. It is a runtime of 65 minutes, uh, $4 million budget to put this together. It is uh, basically Japanese anime. Uh, yeah, I, I hear the soundtrack is pretty good. <laughs> it's Discovery, everybody. Cover yeah. to cover. Uh over at AnimeNewsNetwork.com, I have a review mm. here. Ooh. The synopsis. I go to that site three times a day. Oh, I'm sure you do. I mean, if you could post on it, you would, right? I need, I need my anime. Uh, the galaxy's most popular band is kidnapped by a vicious record company executive with one objective in mind, intergalactic domination. It's up to diehard fan Shep. Yes. I, I wish that fan was a dog. Yep. <laughs> uh, to save the day and bring the band back home. Uh, here is a little bit about the review. Uh, and let me see if I can find Zach Burstke, uh wrote this in uh, February of 2004. Truly a groundbreaking project. Interstellar 5555 is the result of a union between a mega popular French house band Daft Punk and legendary, legendary anime uh, auteur uh, Leger Matsumoto. It's the world's first house musical, a story set in the entirety of Daft Punk's Discovery album with no dialogue or interruption. For fans of Daft Punk or Matsumoto, this is the holy grail. It is quite simply one of the coolest things ever produced. The music, the action, the story, and the characters all come together to create a totally unique visual and oral experience unlike anything else out there. Um, he goes on uh, to rave about this. Uh, he gives a grade of... A overall, A story, A plus animation, A plus art, and A plus music. Well, yeah. Um, first house musical. Um, I'm assuming that it prompted dozens and dozens of house musicals to follow. Oh, I think it opened the doors for the genre of house musicals. 
Because he didn't say first and only house musical. No. So I'm assuming there's many more. No, it's one of many, obviously. So go well, search for it. At, uh, while you're talking here about kind of the promotion, I was looking at the, and I don't remember this, and I had this on CD, um, but I don't remember this, but um, according to Discogs, in the CD there was a, uh, all copies of Discovery were released with a Daft Club card included in it that permitted a web access to the Daft Club at daftpunk.com. An exclusive unreleased track, Ouverture, and several remixes, streaming only, were then accessible. Now, after several technical problems, one of them omitted Mac, Mac users to connect to the site and asked them to search on peer-to-peer networks such as Napster to download Ouverture. <laughs> nice. In total contradiction with the existence of the club, and thus the concept was abandoned. <laughs> That's a great tidbit. Oh, that's fantastic. So, hey, Mac users, Mac users, you can't access it? Ah, just go find it on Napster. <laughs> go to Napster. Get out of here. You fucking pirates. Go on LimeWire or BearShare or Morpheus. Oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, my God. SoulSeek. Remember that shit? I, 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 th- I still use SoulSeek. I mean, I don't. No, no, there's no way you do. Wait, is it SoulSeek? No, which, which one do I use? I mean, I don't. Uh, I may use SoulSeek. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of the program. I don't Listen, download for it. For a guy with the amount of music that you have in physical form in your in in your possession, I don't think it's a problem if you if you grab a, a track here or there. Well, I hope that you're the judge at my trial because you're correct. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yes. So uh, let's get into the tracks. Uh, there yeah. are there are 14 tracks on this album. It has yeah. a runtime of 61 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, yeah. So we've got quite a bit to go through. Um, for not all the tracks, but for a number of tracks, I've got a couple of things. Uh, I have, uh, obviously, the track itself. Uh, yes. I'm going to... Uh, numerous samples are used. I'm going to reference one sample um, in some cases, and we'll actually play. And see if we can uh, match them up. All it's right. A game, and of course, um, we've got our friends at Song Meanings providing some uh, some background. So last week I had a lot of problems on that site. I assume that they have been cleared up in the week since. Absolutely, absolutely. At songmeetings.com. Okay, good. Uh, okay. So here we I'm go. Glad to hear. Uh, let's kick things off, shall we? Yes. All right, so this is the opening track and the first single released from this album. It's called One More Time. It was released on November 30th, 2000, so uh, about yes. uh, two full months before the release of the album. Well, I remember that we um, went on a road trip in early 2001 before the album came out, but we had access to One More Time, and we're listening to it on a road trip to Minneapolis. Uh, it is, uh, the, the vocal performance is, uh, Romanthony. Uh, he is auto-tuned. Yes. Uh, this song was completed in 1998 and remains sitting on a shelf until its eventual release in 2000. Good God. Uh, so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the single contains an eight minute version of One More Time featuring extended vocals absent from the album version. An unplugged version was also released in the remix album Daft Club, 
The remix album also yeah. contained a remix of Aerodynamic by Daft Punk, featuring elements of One More Time. Uh, the music video is from Interstellar 5555. Yeah. Uh, in terms of chart performance... Before you go there, uh, yeah. I just wanted to make one reference to the single. Uh, a few years ago on uh, our sister show, The Meslin Sleepover, I was like, I can't believe there's a club mix of One More Time that is eight minutes long. I need that. It's probably awesome. Uh, I, I I managed to listen to it. It's fine. <laughs> it's the song. You know what? Uh, whatever. Uh, what's the well? The radio edit of this is 520. What's the length on this song? Uh, what is the length on this song? Bear with me five, for a sec. Five minutes and twenty seconds. Yeah, it's, it's five. Is the perfect length. Yeah. Uh, it's perfect. No so, need to have eight. <laughs> Not necessary. Uh, so one more time, topped the national singles charts in two countries. Uh, well, I guess tech. Well, yeah, two singles charts. Uh, can you guess which two countries? France. Yes. Germany. Nope. Come closer. Oh. Much closer. closer. I can't see you. Come closer. <laughs> uh, Canada. Much closer. Much closer. Canada. Nice. Uh, in the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, and in total, it sold over a million digital copies in the U.S. of A. Uh, it peaked at number one on the dance chart in the U.S. as well. In the U.K., uh, it hit number two on the U.K. singles chart. Uh, Probably, uh, so it came out in uh, late 2000. You know, I'm assuming that some Christmas novelty song kept it from number one. I'm sure it did. Uh, I don't have that song, but I'm sure it was fucking terrible. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and this would be their highest selling single in the UK until, of course, Get Lucky reaches number one 12 years, oh, I guess 13 years later. So there you go. Okay. Uh, now, uh, in terms of the main sample. Yes. Uh, this is a song called More Spell on You by Eddie Johns. And here we go. I'm just going to bump myself ahead a little bit. Scrubbing. That's it. It's that, that, it's that horn. That little piece. Yeah. Take it. You pitch shift it. You repeat it. You do all sorts of crazy fucking magical sampler shit and there you go there you go uh song meanings yes please give it to us uh user inky mm. uh not i believe not the ghost from pac-man <laughs> are you really oh that's too bad uh says this is the best laid-back song ever perfect for getting high to <laughs> all right uh user the falcons 5912 says this is the song I would want to rave to if an asteroid was about to impact onto Earth and we were all doomed. At the last moment, I'd want to be hearing this song. Wow. Okay. That's spending your last night on Earth at a rave. Good. <laughs> I, would, I would venture to guess that the Falcons 5912 is probably a fan of the eight-minute version. I would assume so, yes. <laughs> that, that would be my guess. Oh yes. Uh, let's move on Blow to. <laughs> let's move on to track two, yeah. shall we? Yes. Oh, it says item not available. It didn't download. That's like the one track it didn't download on here. Hing. Isn't that horrible? 
that's terrible. It is terrible. Uh, so, of course, I'm going to head over to uh, another YouTube. source. Uh, well, you know, we got the, I got the Spotify. I just need to know where to find it. Here we go. Uh, we're going to be talking. iTunes jobbed you out, bro. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about Aerodynamic is the name of the track. Yes. Uh, the second so- track. Here we go. Oh, is that that? Is that the Taker? Is that the Dead Man? That, is, that Night, is that Night Stalker? <laughs> it's all the Undertaker's dog. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Fantastic! This is an instrumental. So good. Uh, track was released on. March 28th, 2001. It is the second single uh, from the wow, Discovery I didn't know album. It was a single. Tremendous. <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. Uh, so, this is said to be uh, to build up a funk groove, halt for a solo consisting of metallic two hand tapping on electric guitar, as we'll probably hear shortly. Eddie Van Halen style. And then we end with a separate spacier electronic segment. The solo elements were described playfully as impossible, uh, ridiculous. Uh, they, uh, yeah, there's more here. Here we go. Here's a single. Uh, the single uh, had a B-side remix entitled Aerodynamite, which I have not heard. I need to hear it. Uh, but I, I did not know this was a single. I am very excited um, uh, when I get home to listen to Aerodynamite. Uh, get this. The music video was released in 2001 and contained contain scenes that would later form the 2003 anime film Interstellar 5555. Yes. Uh, it hit the U.S. dance charts through club play as the B-side to Digital Love. And yep. uh, in terms of chart performance that I've got listed here on the Wiki, uh, Finland, number 19, France, number 34, uh, Belgium, number 42, etc. So basically, you know. Not a super hit, and I'm not surprised. No, I mean, I love the song. It's but... a great song, but it's, it's not it's not uh, hit song material. Um, fun fact, my favorite song on this album for many years until... I rediscovered a song that we'll hear later. Yes. You love this one, one, eh? I know which one it is. But Uh, I I did love Aerodynamic a a whole hell of a lot. uh, In terms of sampling, let's listen to some Sister Sledge. Yes. First of all, they didn't sample that, but that's great. It's so good. Give it about uh, five more seconds. You're going to love this. I know. So they basically take so that good. and they reverse it. Yeah, I know. It's so great. Yeah. I mean, it's genius sampling. It's it's very um, subversive and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 tricky and mysterious. I love it. Uh, this track is called Il Maquillage Lady by Sister Sledge. Uh, that would be Il Maquillage. Oh yeah, Maquillage. Jesus. Come on, you should know French. Bonjour, oui. <laughs> there you go, oui, oui. Uh, in terms of song meetings, oh God, what what have they cooked up for us tonight? Uh, user Silent Assassin. <laughs> Who comes up with a name like that? Says I'm a Silent Assassin. 
Even though it's an instrumental, I can't believe no one has commented on this one. I love it. Specifically, actually, he says, specially, the freaky guitar part. So Silent Assassin, bringing, uh, not being so silent after all, and giving his commentary where uh, he thinks there isn't enough of it. Uh, he just, um, I'm trying to think of a funny thing to say about him assassinating <laughs> my brain with a bad opinion. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> you, there you, we go. Oh, you're an assassin. Look at you. <laughs> you <laughs> just slayed him. Such burnage. Uh, let's go to uh, track three. Track trays. Yes. First of all, <laughs> yes. You, I think you know what I'm going to say. Yep. I love that vocal style. Yep. Last <laughs> night I had a dream about you. <laughs> so good. One of our favorites, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yep. A uh, digital love. It is the third single. So they just took tracks one, two, and three and released them in order as singles. Perfect. Uh, get this as part of the album. The song is featured in the film Interstellar Five 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 Five. No. Uh huh. Uh, the song reached number thirty-three in France, twenty-eight in Italy. It did hit number fourteen in the United Kingdom. All right. Uh, Some digital love from the UK. The song was featured in a Gap television advertisement. It featured both members of Daft Punk wearing their robotic helmets and gloves. As well as Gap denim shirts and jeans. What sellouts? <laughs> uh, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, but they made some money. Hey, good for them, right? Yep. Uh, a number of versions of this. We have uh, the radio edit, the album version, the digital dub. Uh, none of them clocking more than five minutes, which is, I think, pretty appropriate. Uh, this was uh, quite popular in... Uh, in Belgium, in their whatever this is, Ultra Tip Flanders chart, reaching Ooh, number, okay, reaching number two, right on Belgium. Uh, good Belgium. Good job, <laughs> good, <laughs> Belgian. Good job, Belgian. Belgic. Uh, let's see. Oh yes, uh, I have a uh, sample. This is George oh, yeah. George, George Duke. Duke. I love yeah. you more. Here it is. That's fantastic. That's a covert there. Nope. <laughs> That's a straight up gank. Yeah, maybe. in this case, it's like, we're just taking this. Yeah, this is ours now. <laughs> Daft Punk is like, what sample? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of uh, of in uh, in Star Wars, in, in A New Hope. When uh, when R two D two plays the message, but then later he's all, "What message? <laughs> what message? What? <laughs> I can play message." And gets a slap from C three PO, that fucking abuser. Anyway, all right. Uh, I don't have any song meetings, so uh, I will move on to track four. Right on, brother. Uh, tra- <laughs> where I said the other, you know, uh, the other track. What should we call it? Uh, Aerodynamic was not on my iTunes. Not neither is this one. All oh right. my god! Here we go. Thank you. 
All right. It's Kanye West. Well, he did. Uh, he did use this one, right? <laughs> Made it famous. Uh, this is harder, better, faster, stronger. The Classic. fourth single. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. I can't believe it. Fourth track, fourth single release on October 13th, 2001. Also released as a single and a live version from the album Alive 2007 on October 15th, 2007. And that version won a Grammy Award for Best Dance Recording in 2009. I love the Grammy Awards. I know, right? It's fucking weird. Uh, ah, here's a live version of a song from eight years ago. <laughs> Give it a Grammy. Yeah, here you go. Hey, kind of just like the intro to the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as you mentioned, Kanye West's song Stronger from the album Graduation prominently features a sample of Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Uh, two actors who wore the robotic Daft Punk costumes in the film Daft Punk's Electrorama appear in the music video for Stronger. It was later performed live at the 2008 Grammy Awards with Daft Punk in their trademark pyramid while West was on stage rapping. There you go. Uh, so there you go. Um, so Kanye West sampled a sample, essentially. He did, yes. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. The music video was featured, get this, in the film Interstellar no. 5555. Uh, wow. The story of the secret star system. Did you know? I did not. Now uh, I know. Chart performance, uh, the best chart position is on the U.S. Dance, dance Club songs uh, at number three. That's for the original version. The 2007 live version uh, peaked in the teens in Belgian. Belgian. <laughs> and, and Belgian and French. <laughs> uh, now, so there was a lot of uh, pumping and stomping and jamming to the song. There was. Now, uh, before I get to um, samples, etc., Yes. I believe one of your favorite jokes uh, comes from this uh, song. Would you like to tell it, everyone? One of my favorite jokes? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I'm blanking. Uh, our work is never over. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Classic. you used to reference uh, my wrestling characters <laughs> as being described <laughs> in the song, over. Never Over. <laughs> Never over. That's right. You there were so, you go. Thank so, you for reminding me. So I proud have so of yourself. so many jokes that I can't keep track of them all. Exactly. Uh, yes. The uh, sample comes from a track by Edwin Birdsong. Yes. Called Cola Bottle Baby, which you shared as part of a Dirty Sweatpants compilation. With me <laughs> yes, and, I did. With me and Kid Tetris a number of years ago. Let's have a listen. Is that is are you playing it with that old cover on it and everything? <laughs> yes. In iTunes? Oh, that's the best dirty funk. Yeah. So there you go. Nice. Uh yeah, in it's a direct inter extrapolation of that song. Oh, exactly. Uh, a couple of comments from songmeanings.com. Uh, I wonder what they're gonna what they're gonna figure out this song is about. Uh Govniob uh, said <laughs> Actually, I think the last line, our work is never over, and he spells it our, as in H-O-U-R, nice. is really, our work is never over, O-U-R. Same word, just a different spelling. It makes more sense that way. <laughs> what the fuck is it? So he gets it wrong and then says that it should be the right way? 
I think that this was in reply to some discussions about the lyrics. About where the lyrics were printed on the song, meaning sight. I, I, yeah. Someone I who it. submitted lyrics spelt it wrong. So instead of just saying that should be it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Uh, Bo99 said, this is a great song to get busy to. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Atal says, it's clearly about screwing. All our work is never over because you end up with kids. What the fuck? I love song meetings. Well done, guys. All these people are very thoughtful, right? Because, uh, you know, you got to spend some time breaking down the scant lyrics of a Daft Punk song. Well, yeah, that's what it's all about, dude. You know that. Uh... I, mean, I just assume that they're most, there's some about love and the rest are about dancing. <laughs> I think you're right, yeah. And no, I don't, no, And I don't think about it anymore because that's, you know... That's, I don't know. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's go to uh, track five. Okay. Woo! I <laughs> love it. So good. Hey! Hey! <laughs> uh, this is Crescendals. Uh, the fifth track running at 331. Uh, not a single, finally. No, finally. Uh, here we go. Uh, so I don't have a heck of a lot of information that I can grab uh, about this other than personally, I love this track. It's a good song, absolutely. Uh, I, I can't. I mean, what do you, what do you say? It's, just, it's, it's a good track. I love the... Uh, I love the, the haze and uh, the little uh, cr- ascending little riff there is fantastic. Here we go. Uh, though, though I don't have uh, much of an interpretation of it uh, or an explanation of it, I do have a sample. Good. This is Little Anthony and the Imperials uh, mm-hmm. with a track title that I truly enjoy. Can you imagine... <laughs> can you can you believe it? Can you imagine? So again, we're not fucking around. Let's just take this. Exactly. Like like a couple of fucking French bandits. Here we go. That's why they wear the masks and then the robot costumes. Exactly. Nice. Uh, over at, uh, with our friends here on, uh, song meetings, I got a little bit, I actually got a few comments on this. Uh, Deadmaster says, what kind of name is Crescendals? What's it supposed to mean? Whatever. The song's great anyway. There you go. Uh, Mike, Mike and Cyclone says, Mm. uh, one of my favorite Daft Punk songs, the band's name Crescendals is a pun on the music term crescendo. That means that the music volume gradually increases over time and for all non-musically aligned. The song is played in Interstellar 5555 when the band first records one more time as humans and their success afterwards. Also, maybe I'm deaf, but the words given here do not sound anything similar to the flow of the song. If I understood what they were saying, it might help, though. Uh, Maybe something in French? Anyways. It's taken directly from the sample source. Like, yeah. 
And then, and then it kind of sounds like they're saying crescendos, but they're not. No. It's from a different song. I don't know. Go back and look at the uh, whatever the whatever the group is and see if there's lyrics on that song. Uh, let's move on to track number six. <laughs> uh, so, <Slow laughs> yeah, now we just kind of slow it down. Um, I would classify this as filler. Yep. Uh, one minute and 44 seconds long. This, again, is called Night Vision from yep. Song Meetings. Uh, Dragon19 says, <laughs> I got to play the music for this. With this song, I can just look up at the night sky without a care in the world. And I'd like to say, Dragon19, did you write this while you were sitting next to a dumpster? Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Sniff, cut. Let's go on to track seven. Oh, that's totally me in Pipe Band. Here comes comes Sergeant Slaughter to the ring. (laughs) Oh, is this happy hardcore? Oh my gosh. I love you. <laughs> uh, we have to give it a second to kind of warm up. This is superheroes. Here yes. we go. <laughs> this is some serious fucking. <laughs> like, you're doing some serious stump into this one. Oh god, yeah. With your big flared out fucking jeans. <laughs> I, you, can, you know the fucking D-Tab dancing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is actually, I think, one of my uh, favorite samples uh, of the uh, yes. whole thing. Uh, this is a track called Who's Been Sleeping in My Bed by Barry Manilow. Yes. Uh, just give it a quick second. I mean, you can already get the sense. Yes, exactly. And that's it. I know it just repeats it, right? In the air. I have a question. Yeah. The uh the uh the uh was this song, not not the Daft Punk song, the sample. Was it in your parents' jukebox? It was not in my parents' jukebox. <laughs> I did not have this. We did have Copacabana. Have to check. Hey, we did have Copacabana, so she did. Uh, so there you go. That is the uh, that song there. is hot fire though. That Manalo tune. That's I know, crazy. right? Who's been sleeping in this bed? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, user Airwolf Queen on songmeetings.com says this song equals sign. Great improvement on Barry Manilow. Um, it's an improvement. Yes. I mean, it's kind of a dancey version of the same thing, if if you ask me. It's really, there's not a lot different to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's not, you know, it's changing. It, it, it just puts the that little snippet of that lyric on repeat. But yeah, I would say, I mean, the, the original sounds pretty, pretty swanky, though. Uh, all right. The goodness continues with uh, track eight. Yes, yes, yes. Sounds like we're right up a Stardust album. <laughs> Here we go. All right, all right. Uh, so this is High Life. Yes. Uh, do I have a sample? I do have a sample for this. I don't have anything at song meetings, so I'll just go straight to the sample. 
Uh, this is Tavares, yeah. uh, who we featured back when we did Saturday Night Fever. Uh, yes, indeed. The track is called Breakdown for Love. This is featured uh, three times in here. You can barely catch it, um, but yeah. here we'll try. We're just people being people. That's it. <laughs> yeah, just that one little beat, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they do it uh, again and again and again. So that's, uh, that's about that for that track. Um, but obviously a good one. Yeah, for uh, sure. I love it. I'm going to move on to track nine because we are running up on time already. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Yes. Uh, this sounds is, like it could be a love scene. This is something about us. Uh, it is the sixth and final single from Discovery. Uh, Use this promotion for the 2003 animated feature film. Get this. Interstellar 5555. Well, you know, when I said it was, a, I said it sounded like a love theme. Uh, it's actually uh, subtitled in the single. Love theme from Interstellar 5555. Well done. Uh, I did not look at it previous to making the, uh, the thought that it was a love theme. Uh, the Wikipedia lists the genre as downtempo. And yeah. uh, it charted in the UK on the official charts at 138. And I mean, you know, rightfully so. Like, I like Daft Punk. It's not bad, but come on. That's fine. It, it, listen, it's, it's a decent song to listen to. But yeah, it's nothing special in terms of a hit. Uh, in terms of song meetings, Honky Fire says... Mm. This song is basically about a crush. The speaker wants this girl so badly, and he's been out with her, and they may be just be friends, but she doesn't have these feelings for him. He can't move on, so he still laments about his desire for her. Even though he can't even have her, he still dreams of her and has to explain his feelings to her, etc., etc. That's like, a mouthful. It's just like you, 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 we get it. I What I'm shocked most is that someone whose name is Honky Fire listens to Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you make a good point. Uh, let's go to the next track. And can things... I say one thing about the uh, single? Yes, for a second. Um, the single, the uh, in the track list has the um, is it's called is titled something about something about us. Uh, open parenthesis love theme love theme from Interstellar five 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 close parenthesis. It tracks in at two minutes and fourteen seconds, so it's an edit. Then it's got uh, the album version of Veritas Quo. Uh, Various quo. It's got a Dominique Torti's wild style edit of Voyager. It's got the album version of Something About Us, and then it's got a two minute eleven version of Something About Us love theme from Interstellar five 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 five. So it's three seconds shorter. It's got the same name, and it's not like a remix or an edit. Just three seconds shorter. All right, they just need to fill in space, I guess. Worth the money. Oh, exactly. Uh, we have now, uh, the next track, uh, we are track, uh, 10 things are picking up again. Yes, indeed. Featured in the intro, uh, to this, yes. uh, this podcast, this is Voyager. Yes. Uh, rock not Voyager. Not Voyager. Voyager. Well, it could be. It's not spelled well, yeah, Voyager, exactly. though. That's true. That's true. It is not spelled right. Voyager, though. Not the kind of Voyager that you're thinking of, friends. Uh, User uh, Rock Inc. Uh, sorry, Rockin JKD said, definitely worth listening to while driving, especially in urban roads in nights. Which I would imagine just means like while you're driving on the freeway. 
Well, or or like in the in the city, right, with the lights. Yeah. Um, I I definitely would rather listen to this driving my spaceship, personally. Oh, this is a perfect spaceship song. <laughs> exactly. I, and again, I love the the, the that little baseline is amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. Oof. You know, kind of a, like a real highlight of this album. I I really like the pacing they've done here. It's good. Uh, so now we kind of uh we kind of quiet down a little bit. Yes, indeed. A couple of tracks. This is track 11. It's uh, Viridis Quo. Yes. Um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Technoillogic. Because he's, oh, he's like illogic. Yeah. Uh, he, he says, If you could pause the world and have everyone look at the stars, this would be the song the world would listen to. From their what? dumpsters. What? That's crazy. Um, I mean, I honestly, I could take a pass on this one. Honestly, it sounds like if you walk into a funeral home before the before the uh, service, yes, and the old lady at the at the little organ is playing this, <laughs> with this beat. Well, not with the you know the intro. Uh, let's move okay. on to track twelve. Nice. This is pretty great. This is is like is this 1981? Uh, fun fact about this song: it is inspired by the movie Short Circuit. Well, what do you know? Is it really? No, I don't know. It's called Short Circuit, everyone. Yes. Uh, that fact by Mega Mix may or may not be a lie. You can figure it out for yourselves. Yes, indeed. Uh, we will move on. I believe you made reference to this earlier. Yes, indeed. Yes. Woo! Wait. All right, where to begin? Uh, face to face. Yes. Uh, which single was this? It is the fifth single from Discovery. Uh, promotional 12-inch singles were released for those who pre-ordered the 2003 remix album Daft Club, and a CD single containing a remix of the song by French producer Demon was released commercially. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's my favorite producer, Demon. Uh, uh, Demon, yes. <laughs> uh, there is also co-production by American house music producer Todd Edwards. Uh, there is on the Wiki composition. Face-to-face is composed in a common time of 4-4. Four, four. One, <laughs> two, three, four. There you go. Look at you, you percussionist. With a tempo of 118 BPM in the key of G-sharp minor. Nice. I, you know, I, I had that like nailed. Uh, there was a music video. Can you guess where it's from? No, I please enlighten us. Uh, Interstellar five 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 five. Yes. Uh, this yeah. did hit on the U.S. Dance Club Songs uh, Billboard chart number one in two thousand and four. Oh, nice. Rightfully so. Well, so for me, this song. I mean, it never really made an imprint uh, on me uh, in the days listening to this album in 2001. But my God, in, you know, like 12 years later, 13 years later, all about it. Fantastic song. Uh, Also, uh, an unlikely source for a single. Uh, There is a number of them, but this is the one I picked. Okay. You made a fool of me. 
Let me just scrub it forward a little bit. That's fantastic. Yes! There it is. Uh, so, yes, we are sampling uh, ELO's Evil Woman. Uh, fantastic. Uh, from Song Facts, this is uh, Wipey says, I think this song is about a relationship where at some point there is a fight or breakup. By not seeing each other, this struggle is not being resolved. She probably moves on even though you know deep in your heart that if you had the chance to get face-to-face with her, it could all have been resolved and the love would have been even stronger. That is my interpretation. P.S. A word of advice, girls. Talk shit out and love will grow. Oh my god. You know, there's an actual person who sat there and wrote that. <laughs> I was like, this This is my contribution to the day. Terrible. Uh, fantastic song. Ah, yes. Amazing. And now we are and on... And we are now on the final track. Here it is. Uh, Here's a um, a song that uh, the, the title of it perfectly encapsulates what this song is about. Uh, and people people have said that all over uh, song meetings as well. Ah, oh, great minds think alike. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this track is called "Too Long." Uh, sung by Roman An- uh, Roman Anthony, and it is clocking in at ten minutes, and indeed is way too long. Yes, it is. Um, so we'll, I will go to song meanings first, and then I will play the sample. Uh, this is user uh, Dedra says, "Dead rat? No, dead rat! Jesus! Oh my God!" Uh, 90%, 90% sure this song is about getting laid after a long dry spell, plus the reference to both it being too long and the song itself being 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, user Ashwin911, never again, says, <laughs> this song is about a guy having sex, but it's taking too long to orgasm. Oh my god. Uh, in the end of the song, he's trying to release on his partner. Oh Jesus, come on! <laughs> Uh, let's go to uh, the sample by Ross Royce. First come, first serve. And I mean, there you go. Pretty much right away. This. Saucy. This is my song now. I need real bad. I stole your song. Je prends tes chansons. There you go. Good good translation. Uh, I, I'll prawn. I take. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. All right. So uh, those are the tracks. Uh, we we're already running well over an hour. So uh, quickly on the reviews, I was going to go over them in detail, but I will just go quickly. Um, more mixed than you would expect. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. Now, again, in uh, retrospect, you know, there's a lot of high praise. All music gives it five stars. Uh, yeah. Mixed Mag with a five-star review. NME, nine out of ten. Q gives it yeah. five out of five. Uh, spin with eight out of ten. Yeah. Uh, but. But. <laughs> Pitchfork. Oh, doggy. Uh, March, Second week in a row. Come March on, 13th. March 13th, 2001. 6.4. Really? Uh-huh. Uh, let's see if I can find, uh, they say, uh, here, 
Uh, Prague and Disco have never openly begged for their own hybrid, but the genres, newborn, Frankenbaby is alive, whether we like it or not. Still, this beast, however grotesque, is relatively harmless. Rather than running amok in the village and snapping the necks of civilians, it only wants <laughs> to celebrate and dance so free one more time. Just don't let it sing. Okay. Uh, Robert Christie. Listen, and they're not, oh. a 6.4 is not a terrible rating, but... Yeah. Come on, Pitchfork. Uh, Rolling Stone gives it three stars out of five. Robert Criscow. Uh oh. Uh, gives it uh, this. <clears throat> These guys are so French. I want to force feed them and cut out their livers. Young, uh, Americans are great, aren't they? Young moderns who've made the Detroit Berlin adjustment may find their squelchy synth sound humanistic. Young moderns whose asses sport parallel ports may dance till they crash, but Yank Fun is much less spirituel, so that God Bless America one more time is merely an annoying novelty stateside. The way our butts plug in, there are better beats on the damn Jadakus. I'm sorry, the damn Jadakus CD. C+. Come come on. But, but... And a C-plus from Chris Gow means it's terrible. uh, But... Six years later, Alive 2007, he writes, Wondering how I'd miss these guys, I replayed Discovery, which I'd panned hard in 2001, and enjoyed the hooks recycled here more than I did at the time. But sonically, I still couldn't take it. I believe the tour was awesome, the videos prove it, but they also suggest why the band chooses not to DVD its world conquest. Too much scale, flesh, and bodily... eh, Effluvia would be lost. Better this big fat earworm, which translates crowd noises into music and establishes how much bigger the band's electronics got when put into an arena rock test. Uh, mm. Blah 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 blah. He gives it a minus. All yeah. right. Well, there you go. So you know, I guess he a changes his mind. Face. A little about face. Uh, Amazon says okay. <laughs> a couple of user reviews. One star uh, yes. in 2005. What is this crap? What the hell? You're wondering. You're wondering who bought it then. Uh-huh. Like, what, what are you doing? If you're gonna say what is this crap, like, what were you buying it for? Uh, what the hell? Random access memory was awesome, so I buy this and it sucks. Oh, there you go. I'm almost all the way through it, and I haven't heard one good track. Don't waste your money. I'd go get some real electronic, like Paul Van Dyke or Paul Van Dyke or Moby. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me! <laughs> <laughs> fucking Moby. Uh, no. <laughs> See, that's the thing, right? I can handle someone who's like, I don't like it. That's an opinion. That's fine. But you're going to put it up against Moby and be like, I like that better. Come on! Uh, another customer, this is back in 2001, says... You're all made of stars. Uh, Fuck you. Okay, anyway, go on. Completely devoid of anything new. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Daft Punk was always some sort of guilty pleasure for me anyways. It's so dull, I can barely write about it without repeating myself. And one more time, is it even the most cyclical song on the album? One listen is enough to make uh, to make one long for the endless, a repetitious monotony of pro basketball. Okay, come on. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And one more. Oh, uh, yeah. We, hey, we, we know. Uh, wink, wink. You hate basketball. We get it. <laughs> uh, Alex right. says, was that really Daft Punk? After reading the other reviews, I can only assume I got someone else's CD in the case. Nope, it says Daft Punk on it. It's truly awful, to be quite honest. It bears little correlation to the excellent work they did on homework. Most of the beats are weak at best, and the share believe 
Uh, Auto-tuned vocal is very overused with no imagination. The whole record sounds like a bad trip through the late 70s and early 80s. Sounds like they're trying to be air instead of Daft Punk, and they fail at that too. I love I love bashing the use of autotune. Now it's like, yeah, okay. It's kind of now. You're like, oh, all right, it's you know, it's kinda a little played out. But the album was from two thousand and one. Yeah. Asshole. I'm so <laughs> mad today. Piece of shit reviewer. Uh finally, uh the tour, and there's not much to say. Daft Punk, not an extensive touring band. I searched at no. set list where there was one uh set from two thousand and one. Mm. Uh, and that was it. And it was a short set list too. Uh, actually not really many shows into 2006 when they did 13 sets and 34 in 2007. Those would have mostly been at music festivals. I went over yeah. to um, what they claim to be the number one Daft Punk fan site, the daftclub.com, which uh-huh. also notes uh, one show, the same one, 17th of December, 2001, at Fabric in London in the UK. And that is uh, that is it for touring. Wow. Yeah, that's not a shock. Yeah. So uh, there you go. And uh, I think that that's about it for this one. Yeah. Um, so I love this album. It's tremendous. Um, I would definitely, a definite recommendation, unless I guess I think you like uh, Air. I don't know. Moby. If you like Air or Moby, it's maybe not your thing. Uh, but uh, love it, and uh, you know, at the time, what a listen. I mean, and this is something where we can kind of, you know, we're in our early twenties. You can totally remember where you were listening to this, and it was like, holy shit, this is awesome. So, thumbs up, two T's up for me. Yeah, um, I would, I would probably, if I could, throw away maybe three tracks from this. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, but nothing terribly offensive at all. I would take probably seven, six or seven of these tracks. Um, are like top-notch A+, hold them up against anything. Uh, That makes this album an easy thumbs up for me. Go and check it out if you've never heard it. If you haven't listened in a long time, give it a listen to. Have some good times. Stare at the stars and think about what it would be like listening to this as the world ended. Yeah, think about you driving in your spaceship. (laughs) <laughs> listening to, to to a song about interstellar voyages. Uh, do you know what you are doing next week? I have no idea. So it's going to be a super secret special surprise. All right. So go to albumsardead.com for this episode and past episodes and follow us on Albums Are Dead on Twitter. Maybe we'll drop some hints. Uh, I dropped some photographic hints over on Instagram as well. Follow Albums Are Dead there. And yes. uh, we will come back in another week heading up right. to the holiday season. And until then, I am your pal, Slip with Five Eyes, or Slip. Great uh, great breakdown, Slip Man. I'm at Megamix.com. We'll see you uh, next week, folks. Good night. Good night.